Welcome to the second episode of Libnani with Eli. It is my absolute honor to announce my very first guest for this podcast show. Born in Dlepta in the Kesarouen district of Mount Lebanon, she has been a force to be reckoned with since her very early years. At the age of eight, she was introduced to trap shooting by her father, Jack. And at the age of 16, she kickstarted her professional career. She went on to win several gold medals and became the first woman to win three consecutive World Cup championships in trap shooting. She has also represented Lebanon three times at the Olympic Games in London, Rio, and most recently, Tokyo. And if that's not enough, she has served as a United Nations Youth and Gender Goodwill Ambassador, promoting sports and its importance in the Lebanese community. It is no coincidence that her name is Ray, a ray of light to a community that has faced many challenges and devastation in recent years. Now, Al Capone once said, you can go a long way with a smile, but you can go a lot further with a smile and a gun. I got that from her Instagram. <laughs> and there's, there's no one else who's gone further than her. This is the great Olympian athlete, Ray Vesil. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for this beautiful introduction. So it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. And as I, as I had mentioned to you before, it makes us all proud as Lebanese people from all around the world. And I know that I speak on behalf of the Lebanese community. And we just want to say a big thank you. You really make us so proud. It's my honor. It's my duty and responsibility to really put Lebanon always on top, even if it's the sports domain. But at the end of the day, everyone have uh, his way to introduce Lebanon to the outside world. And I picked to choose sports because this is who I am and this is what I do. And always to keep the Lebanese flag always on top of the world. And it's our duty to report on these positive contributions. So yeah, thank course. you. I want to start by asking you, what was your experience like at these recent Olympic Games and how did they compare to your previous Olympic experiences? Well, Tokyo was a bit different for one reason, because as we all know, due to the pandemic uh, situation and due also because they postponed the Olympics, which was supposed to be in July 2020. So I think uh, eventually it was a bit difficult for us at the beginning to understand exactly what's happening. I've been to London and I've been to Rio as well. So the only thing that was a bit different is that there is no spectators. You don't feel the rush mm. of the Olympic Games. Right. And of course, inside the village, we were always supposed to wear masks. So it was a bit strange, mm. you know, like because usually athletes, they mingle together, they go outside. So it, the ambiance was a bit different. But definitely it has a, its own, how we say, cachet. Hopefully Paris will be a bit more different and we can live again one of the most beautiful experiences everyone waits for the olympic games and we hope that from now till two years and a half three years the pandemic will be over and things go back like it used to when it comes to me actually because it was my third olympics definitely with the experience and everything so the sensation of it is a bit less than 
the panic mood or just feeling uh, anxious about it. But definitely, I was really hoping to make an Olympic medal for Lebanon since we didn't have an Olympic medal almost for 49 years. Yeah. And that was my aim and target. Maybe, unfortunately, this didn't happen this time, but I'm sure that I have to work harder and prepare for the next Olympics, which yes. will be in Paris in 2024. And uh, I hope this dream, the Lebanese dream, will come true. You touched on 2020 and the many problems and the roughness of the year. It was such a harsh year. Uh, you know very well that Lebanon now is passing through a very critical stage, a very critical economical crisis. Uh, we're out of gas, we're out of benzene, we're out of uh, medical supply. Our money are stuck at the bank. So we're having really a huge issue. And, mm-hmm. and this is something that I think it's going to last for the upcoming years. We are suffering from different perspectives. It's not only because of Corona. I think all the countries surpassed the stage, but we did not because things are getting worse and worse because of what we are living daily, unfortunately. so. Regardless of all these odds in front of me, I took the decision that I want to pursue to Paris. I know it's going to be a very hard decision, but I really like to put my voice very loud. And I think this time I'm going to be in need of support from all Lebanese community all over the world to make that things come true. Because of the shortage that we have, financial shortage, the government is not able to support sports. Mm is not able to support the athletes to get ready for the next Olympics. So actually, yeah, it's going to be hard. But regardless of everything, I'm sure that I would just put myself back on track and do it and fight for it in the end. And this is what makes it more commendable. This is why I am so proud to be speaking to someone like you, one of the six Lebanese Olympians who are representing this country in a time of real devastation uh, social and economic and on all aspects so it's something to be even more commended for one of the best images for me from the olympics was seeing you walking around that olympic stadium holding the lebanese flag and this is quite a, a special moment one of an image that would go down in the history books what were those emotions like for you carrying that flag during that time? It was really very emotional. It was a very emotional uh, moment because deep inside we know that we have really suffered for the past two years. And and already the fact that Lebanon is there for me was something, already an achievement for Lebanon to have already uh, six athletes. Though we were the, the smallest group and especially comparing to the other Olympics. so And that because of so many things that occurred during the past years. But it was very emotional because the way people talk about Lebanon and the support that we're getting from outside is really something so beautiful because everyone loves the Lebanese people and they know how Lebanon is. And they know the main issue and problem. And the flag for me is a symbol of peace. It's a symbol of respect. It's a symbol of showing the world that Lebanon is here and Lebanon is participating in the Olympic Games. And yes, we are. And it's a responsibility for us to represent our country and give the best image out of it in our ethics and our sports and everything that uh, we did. And sure, it was really a very, for me at least, it was a very emotional moment. The flag, I always carry it with me everywhere I go because I feel responsible and I feel 
I have a duty to give. What I read about you is that you put the Lebanese flag in your pocket when you go shooting. Always. Always. I, I think that's Always. incredible. I put it outside. It's, mm. uh, I feel this is the power that, that I have, you know, and it reminds me always why I'm doing this and why I'm standing there and competing. So these little things create your adrenaline rush. It's really a reminder why I am keep on fighting. I'm fighting for my country, yes, and in a very peaceful and good way to really put Lebanon on top. And you sure have. Now, yeah. for those who are listening and don't know too much about the sport of trap shooting, could you tell me more about what is involved in this sport and what was the motivation to decide to do trap shooting as a profession? Actually, I never thought in my life that I would be a shooter. And especially because since I was at school, uh, I used to play basketball and all kinds of other sports. Because actually my mom and dad, they are athletes and uh-huh. we all come from a sports it's in the background. Blood. Yeah, it's in the <laughs> blood. Actually, I used to go younger with dad hunting. And uh, when he introduced me to trap shooting, which is uh, we shoot clay shooting, it's a 15 machine range with five position where you have to move from one position to another and you have to call the target and the target go random. can go right and left with different angles and degrees and uh, you have to hit the target. Actually, when I started effectively the trap shooting thing, it was at age of 14. But before I used to go hunting, uh, shooting with very small calibers on cans on the floor, like he used to throw me things around. It was quite fun. And why at age of 14? Because he wanted me to have a really a good a physical uh, condition to be able to hold the shotgun because the shotgun is around four kilos oh, wow. and to be able to understand more the game. And this is where I started. And the first two weeks, I turned really blue, like oh, my cheek is blue, my shoulder was blue. And I started to tell him that, you know, that I want to go again, just take me back. And he was like, okay, but you're all blue. I said, I don't care. I just like the game. <laughs> and, and I kept on saying, like, I want to go shoot. I want to go shoot, you know. The words and of the a real athlete. Yeah, I used to be uh, with a uh, basketball national team. And I used to do other sports also. Mm. So he said, okay, now I think there is something a bit different about you and this shooting thing. So what do you want? I said, okay, just give me some time and we'll see. And he said, okay. And after a certain period, like two, three months, I just catch the game very quickly. And he said, all right, then it's up to you. But in shooting, you have to pick one sport to go all the way if you want to go away. And I said, okay. He said that, you know, basketball, all the team things Mm. uh, like basketball, football, like you can reach to a certain level where the maximum you can win is the Arab championship or maybe the Asian championship, if so. But in shooting and if you love, you can be a world champion. I said, okay, wow. So let it be. Go big. Yeah, he threw himself in me and uh, I believed in him and he's my coach still today. And also we went all the way until today so incredible uh, yeah I achieved I've done a lot which is for me it's not enough and I won the junior world championship that was my turning point and I said you know I told you you can be a world champion and and that was the turning point I said okay you know what I'm gonna just go all the way and just want to make it from hobby to career and this is what happened you made the best decision What is it like having your father as a coach? 
does the dynamic change from home to the shooting range? Not really, because he's done it the right way, because he knows I'm a very emotional person. And sometimes people work better with emotions. And this is how he was able to cope between being a father and at the same time to be a coach. Definitely, I used to travel to Italy. I had also a technical coach over there just to take more technical information, just to learn something. Because at the end of the day, knowing my dad comes from a very old school. And I thought maybe that there might be something new to learn about. Well, I figured it out at the end of the day that shooting, it's all about you. It's all about how you practice, how you focus, how you put yourself at work and you really work hard. And this is what he taught me to be coach of myself. So he's today, yes, he is. He's the best support. Even my mom. I have to mention mom, otherwise she'll get upset. <laughs> Don't they all? <laughs> yeah, my mom, she's the backstage, uh, you know, the, the anonymous person. Behind and, the scenes. Uh, yeah, behind the scenes. I'm just happy from really what we have achieved. From a small country with zero support yes. from the government, and from scratch, being here is already really an achievement. And just going back to 2020 and the whole training and the practicing for the Olympics, to me, it's really unbelievable how with the effects of the Beirut explosion, with the yeah. COVID pandemic, with the curfew in Lebanon, and on top of all of that, you got COVID yourself. Yeah, I did. So, so I'm just I flabbergasted. The, the, the cherry yeah, on top, yeah. the, the delicious Lebanese cake. Yeah. How is my question? How? First, during the, during the pandemic, I used to train in a garage. And this video really went so viral. Like it went everywhere in the world. And for me, the message wasn't only because of me training in the garage, because there was no other way out but also as a way to show the world that no matter what are the consequences and, and the reason for you to stop, to practice, there is always a way to keep yourself at least in shape and, and on track. So uh, for me, it was something that I really wanted to really highlight. And after that, yeah, I had COVID and thank God it was really rough a bit, but um, I'm good today. So after COVID, everything started to go down. Lebanon started to collapse in in all means. Mm. So I took the decision to travel to Italy and I moved in February before the Olympics to Italy. And this is where I was preparing for the Olympics. Was it difficult to stay away from the food there? No, I actually gained a bit, but it was okay. I was, I really enjoyed it. Who wouldn't? Um, yeah, Italy is, is really something. I love this country. Okay. Australia too. I never won. And in this uh, interview, I'd like to congratulate Australia for taking the next Olympics Thank in 2022. You. Thank you That's very really much. Good. I hope I will be able oh, to. Oh, I really hope you'll be competing and winning many, many gold medals. Oh, and, maybe, and hopefully I could see you here playing and shooting and it would be incredible. I definitely would love to do a visit to Australia, hopefully. Absolutely. You'll yeah. be received here with open arms by the whole Lebanese community. Thank you so much. And I wanted to ask you, with regards to the situation in Lebanon, Did you ever think of leaving Lebanon permanently? No. Maybe 
to be honest, um, when I came back from Tokyo, yes, I had this, I had these images and and thoughts in my mind that I think it's about time to leave Lebanon. And about leaving Lebanon for me, I think it was the hard and still because for me, it, it was a decision to be taken. It's either I'm going to pursue my dream and fight again for the next Olympics or I have to switch to a career life, find a job and definitely just settle again and start back from scratch. So, no, I thought, why would I do that? If I can still maintain for the next two years, then I would. Why? I just want to pursue my dream no matter what are the the odds and the barriers in front of me because Lebanon needs this, you know, and and I'm not going to settle just because of what's happening. So, no, I I spoke with my parents and I told them, all right, I know the situation is a bit too bad. I know it's hard, but uh, I just want to go all the way and I want to make Paris. And I said, okay, if this is fine with you, then go ahead i said not doing this for me i know that definitely there's a part of of you in this thing but at the end i've always had this image in my hand i always dream about it you know and i'm sure that the day will come and this is why i said okay i have to give myself another chance and fight again this is another one of the best decisions that uh, i took and especially at this moment knowing it's hard and the finances are very hard to find, but God is there. It's yes, gonna... God is there. And when there is a will, there is a way. And really, I'm so happy to be speaking to you and just to hear your positivity, your determination and your fighting spirit. A quick look at your Instagram or your Facebook. You're always posting positive messages, positive captions. We need this, you know, first, because this is who I am. I'm a very positive, transparent person. I never compare myself to anyone else. And there is always a message that I try to deliver. My message is always really to keep the positivity inside us because if we don't do that, we're going to be ruined. And at the end of the day, everyone has a step forward to do and a goal to achieve. So if you're going to let these happen and you're going to be affected by these things, negativity around could be negative people or negative things happening around, you're not going to be able to achieve whatever you want to. So positivity within yourself and the positivity that you create around you, you will figure it out at a certain point that you will reach to you will reach your dream and then you ask yourself, how did I do this? How this happened? So this spirit, you have always to keep it because this will lead you to the right way. You're going to have your ups and downs, definitely. But at the end of the day, it's it's who you are and it's what you want. And yes, when there is a will, there is always a way to do that. I imagine that you have these conversations with the university students and the school students. The image that I'm building because as I said, is who I am. Because the way I started shooting, my family at that day couldn't really give me enough support financially to cover all my trainings and my trips. So I had to work really hard. I learned things in a hard way. And I learned that nothing is easy. So I had to work. I had to cover my own university finances. I had to cover my training. I had to plan. I had to really achieve a goal. Maybe if I win a medal, I will receive a sponsor. So I was always like in a 
in a fighting mood, you know, like I want to do this. If I do this, you know, okay, my goal now will be to be a world champion. If I'm a world champion, then a lot of opportunities will come to me. So just fight for it. This is how I reached where I am today. And still, I tell you, it's not enough. So I don't like to see the young people going through this. If you can give a direct message to a young person that is listening and is probably in a situation where they feel demotivated, they don't feel like what they do is going to be recognized, what they do is going to be overlooked, what would you tell that person? There is a big sacrifice to do. There is nothing, nothing can happen easily. I've been there and I know what I'm talking about because when my friends during my university stage, they used to go partying and everything. I used to sleep at nine o'clock because tomorrow morning I have to wake up, I have to train, I have to go to university. So it's very important to know what you want. If you don't know what you want, it's very hard You don't need a third party to come mm. over and tell you if this is the right decision or not. It's all about you. You have to take your own decisions and you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your talent. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your capacity, capability, and you really have to be resilient during all the process until you reach whatever you want to reach. So, and never give up, never give up. You know, for us as athletes, we have our days where we're tired, mentally tired, always in a competitive mood, yeah. physically we're tired and from practice and, and living in a bubble where it's hard to have a lot of entries. So we reach to a point to a level, yes, we are tired. After Tokyo, I was devastated. I was so tired. Hey, if I would stop now, then what's going to be next? So I said, all right. I went back to my gym. I just cut this momentum of feeling tired and my brain talking to myself that, okay, you're tired, you're tired. So when you train your brain, the same way you train your body and mm. you, you train your brain to understand that, to cut this negativity, then you will realize that you're in a different level. And this is in everything you do in life. With the foundation that I'm building now, and it's RB foundation for youth and sports development that it will be launched very soon my role in this foundation is to support the young people who have really talents have opportunities and unfortunately because of the situation that we're in they are not able to reach their goals so i'm trying to delete 10 years of my really hard years into five years where these people that can really achieve their goals without having any issues or problems I'm reducing the toughness in, in their lives and the preparations or anything they want, they want to do. And for me, being there with them, it's they because they represent me and the youth is the future. The youth is our next generation in our country. I think this is the medicine that we need as, as, a, as a community. This thing that will keep us going, having each other, having these words of encouragement and motivation. Sure. And as you mentioned, especially for young people, I wanted to ask you, because you are no doubt a trailblazer for <laughs> Lebanese women and Lebanese athletes, but also Arab women in the Middle East. I found it so interesting once when you were contemplating about the contrast between the feminine and the gun. And this is a sport that is perceived to be a male sport. What do you say to girls or women who are interested in these 
jobs or professions that are male-dominated. These ideas and thoughts nowadays have been changed and, and we can see that the doors are opening really big time to women. And now it started, especially at Tokyo. You go back, you saw that the IOC requested to have gender equality between men and women. And the target was to have equal number of participants of athletes, men as women. And they reached that point. So even in all those games, we always had the men, women and the mixed team events. So there was 48% of women participants and 50% of men, which is, were almost there to have equality between men and women. That means a lot. And it means that really a woman can do and achieve and win the medal like a man can do and achieve because now women are everywhere in yes. all sports, all and not only in all professions and economy and finance and business and politics and social activity and medicine and everything, you know. But the only thing that changes is the community that you live in. And this is where at that time, like the day when I started and after a couple of years, because we live in a country, knowing Lebanon is an open country, but because me being a Lebanese Arab woman, the perspective of it was a bit difficult to accept. This is ignorance for me. When there is ignorance, this is what people talk about. When you don't know the value of a woman and what she's capable of doing, this is a problem. So going back to what we just spoke about, this, you have to introduce it to the young people and you have to show them that, yes, a woman has capacities. She's capable of doing this and this and this. It's all about education. It's all about motivation. It's all about putting the young people on the right track. And this comes from schools, scouts, universities, and so many other activities that you can do. And because I was the first Arab woman to compete and to do that sport. And I introduced trap shooting because when they saw that, oh, there is a Lebanese Arab woman, then why don't we do Qatar team, Kuwait team, Egypt team? Mm. It took some time. And this is where my dad, he established the Arab Federation for shooting. And this is where it started to be spread to the Arab countries and to introduce women that come from a military background into trap shooting. And this is where they are today. Now you find in Oman, Jordan, Kuwait, Egypt, everywhere, Qatar, UAE. Now the number of uh, Arab female athletes have really increased. And for me, it's, this is an achievement. I, I think incredible. this is an achievement. Absolutely. And it's history in Lebanon because one day when I'll go away, they will say, oh, you know how this started? Because Ray Bastille, the Lebanese girl, this uh-huh. is how she introduced uh-huh shooting in the Arab world. Everyone has his way to create mm. history. And for me, this is what I'm doing. Ray, I want to ask you, what is next in store? What is next for you? And what is the preparation and training looking like? Now in October, we have the uh, President Cup, which uh, should be the top 12 athletes all over the world will be representing their countries. And I'm happy to be part of it. And then for the next year, we're going to have my first World Cup in uh, Morocco. And the season will start up every month. We have a World Cup. So the schedule actually will be a very intense schedule. Yes. We have six World Cups, a so World Champion. We oh, have the wow. Asian Games, the Mediterranean Games. 
Australia? No Australia games? Uh, Australia, I know. It's going to be a bit uh, far, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a very hectic year. Wow. So hopefully things will be okay. And I hope I'm going to have the fund enough to cover all this because this is also something to consider. So uh, let's hope. Has there ever been any conversation with any Lebanese government official who wants to support Lebanon? Uh, oh no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it never happened and it will never mm. happen unless mm. you change the whole system. Very sad. But yeah. um, you know, you're you you are someone that just keeps us smiling and keeps us positive <laughs> and keeps us very proud. Thank and in those times when you travel overseas to Morocco and, and all of those different places, do you get a, a chance to just enjoy the trip, enjoy a vacation, no, no, enjoy the food? Not really, because for one reason, um, you know, we travel with guns, so it's very hard from the, you know, logistic level to uh, really be uh, around. But sometimes when we have extra day or two, yeah, we have the chance to go around little but uh, for me it has always been uh, the travel purpose is is for a mission for me you know so that's why even your mindset will be different and you'll be focused you're not on a vacation not really not really well i hope you do find the time from your busy schedule to go no, out I and vacation <laughs> right now right i just need a vacation there's <laughs> nothing like a summer in lebanon there's nothing that compares to it what's sad about is like we really have a beautiful country and all means and everything but it's really sad of mm. how things are collapsed but i hope that the lebanese people understand and learn learn from their mistakes and this will show in the next elections yes. which it's going to be soon enough and yeah don't do the mistake twice I think we need to learn from history. The history always teaches us many lessons. Always. Ray, I want to say a big, big thank you for accepting to do this interview. I just find you so interesting and such an element of hope for so many Lebanese people. It's an absolute pleasure, Ray. My pleasure, really. It's an honor and pleasure to be with you today on this interview. And I hope we're going to have much more to talk about. So uh, we're going to keep in touch and regards yes. to all the people in Australia, my big, big love to them and thank you for their great support and uh, I really hope to drop a visit very soon.